1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No days off! No days off! No days off! No days off! This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump! With Andy Hart. All right. Good to be with you. All right. This microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. (laughs) And Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? (laughs) Hannibal. 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 Oh. Mr. Dot Commer on WEI.com.
2: First, uh, breaking down a win podcast. It's been a while uh, for the Patriots. 50 to 10 blowout win over the Jaguars. A good get right game for the team. Um, We should make this positive, but I think we should also note with an asterisk. It came against the
1: Jaguars. like not. A whole lot can be taken away from this game yeah no i you know my wet blanket reaction column last night was that very thing like we didn't learn anything about the patriots like we already knew they could blow out a bad team at home they did it to the jets earlier this year now i know some people who are like super positive said well wow, last time they did that it led to a seven game win streak and if they go on another seven game win streak they could win the super bowl blah 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 um that's correct right I, I don't really go down that road necessarily oh, but that's not my immediate takeaway. no no but the the one thing you can take away of the positive is they didn't have a negative like yeah it would have been a negative if it were a tight game a dog fight a lot anything in that direction like in the ball over and right. jack spills in the game yeah sure they they left not even a hint of a crack for anything they came out three and out on defense touchdown five straight touchdowns turnovers ran the ball good on early downs good on third down good like you're in the red zone yeah i don't know i mean other than the pats there was and as somebody who does thumbs up thumbs down there was really nothing else to critique that you, you know to take so that like that's good like give them credit for on this day at this time between one and four handling their business and playing as well as they could 100 percent. what that means next week 0.0 like or, or the week after, or or last week, like against the built, like none of that. And I know that's very Belichickian. What happens last week doesn't matter to this week, and what happens this week won't matter next week. Like that's true either way. Now he would I say that. that it's he, funny too because hasn't he in the past brought up how they get smoked in Miami all the time? Oh, he's such a contrarian. He's su- like I tell the story years ago in Denver. I asked a question. They lost by. I want to say like two scores and post game. I asked about, did you feel like you ever had the momentum in the game or something? And he goes, I don't know. What are you looking for? Andy, like gave me a snap answer, like kind of douchey. And I go, Oh, (laughs) like, and I just moved on (laughs) the very next year. He opened his, they played the Broncos again. And in his Wednesday opening, he said, you know, obviously last time we played him, we never really had the momentum. And I was like, you son of a bitch. That's all you had to say when I asked the goddamn question last year. Um, But yes, he can be a bit contradictory, whether the prior week matters, doesn't matter, will matter, like playing well. Um, But even he was happy. I mean, he was joking around with Mac and Kendrick Bourne on the sideline. And I think people miss in that little interaction on the sideline, the Kendrick Bourne part. Kendrick Bourne has developed a relationship with Bill. Like, with everybody. You're right. He's always involved with everything. But remember the um, – was it the ball security? Something that Bill – and then they were laughing. It was a stiff arm. I forget what – It was the stiff arm that he had, yes.
2: And the post-game yeah.
1: locker room thing. Yeah, Bill gave, like, the stiff arm motion. In the yes. Locker room. Yeah. So, this new age Bill that we've talked about on and off and how he's a little different, Kendrick Bourne is either part of that or taking advantage of it. Like, he's got a – for a guy who's only been here a half a year, not a super – like, he's not Randy Moss. He's not Junior Seau. He doesn't have this career legacy cachet with Bill. He's developed a really interesting relationship with Bill. And, you know, obviously you yuck it up when you kill the other team. That's that's how it's supposed to be. Feel good. Get good. What do you think um, Bill was saying to Mac? Like, a good, good thing you're not over there? Yeah, I, I don't even know. Like, my
2: guess is almost nothing. Probably. It was probably nothing. I mean, you saw Mac, like – lost
1: his mind over judon's post-game comment like he thought it was a comedy show so i and we know bill is dry and subtle so i almost feel like like way to compete that line against welker is nothing line but we like blow it up something like that but in a different sense um the first thing i thought of obviously just because of max history was imagine if bill told a D's nuts joke like sabin like used as an opportunity i'm not saying that's it i'm not even presenting that as a possibility but that was the first thing i thought of And I don't think we'll get the answer to that. I'm
2: sure Mac will get asked about it this afternoon on our our afternoon show, and he'll uh, say, we're on to Miami.
1: Well, the good news is, if I were asking the question, I would pose it as, did Bill tell a D's nuts joke on the sideline? Mac starts every answer with, yeah, "Yeah." (laughs) right? So I'd be able to say, Bill told a D's nuts joke.
2: Maybe we can pass that along, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I guess we can get into Mac, segue into him. I thought he bounced back nicely, made some good throws, done some down-the-field throws, uh, looking at his next – did you see his next-gen, like, passing chart? Everything was outside the hashes, nothing mm-hmm. over the middle, so took full advantage of Jacksonville defense. Again, Jacksonville defense sucks, but he made the throws he needed to make, and he got –
1: everything it was eight different receivers involved. And never looked uncomfortable, never really looked rattled. Now, again, hard to look uncomfortable and rattled when you're rolling and, you know – completed like what eight of his first nine or like all those perfect numbers um had a lot of energy that's the one thing I would say is like even though we've he does the breathing and he's talked about you know not being a tennis player and body language and all that he still is a bit of an emotional roller coaster like three and outs interceptions bad play you know he's gonna be down and then yesterday you know, the the throw to Wilkerson, the wide open ones when he's like backpedaling and dancing mm-hmm. and kicking his legs. And he's very emotional. And I'm not saying that's bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, don't tell me, well, Nick Saban put a camera on him and told him to watch his body language and it fixed it. He still has obvious body language. He still has obvious energy that I think you could tie into what's going on in the game. Again, not saying good or bad, just saying that's who he is. And yesterday you saw it was all good. Um, yeah, I thought there's nothing to critique the offensive line did their job. Now I will say, I wasn't sure who was um, important, not important in out for the Jags. I don't, I don't know the Jags that well. I know they stink even when they have their players. Um, but I was telling you, I went to their website to just look at how they handled inactives and they deemed nine players that were either starters or significant contributors out due to COVID. And that's in I addition. not even me. mentioning James Robinson. Right. Being out like right. Yeah. Or even mentioning that even when they're starting, like when they're healthy, they, they're they not stink. very good. They right. stink. So it was, a, it was a JV game. It was like a dominant team versus a JV, like something like that. Um, but I, I give them full credit for, the one thing I would critique, and I wrote this in the column is Max said, you know, we, we talked all week that it doesn't have anything to do with the opponent. It's all about us. Well, that's just stupid. Like that is anti-football. Football is matchups. It's all about how you match up with the opponent. Every week in game plan, I mean, Belichick has taught us that every week for yeah. twenty two years or whatever the hell it is. Um, but good for them, confidence. We said it like they needed to feel good. They needed confidence. You know, born made plays and Hunter Hend like they they got out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't. Did, now, one thing I was a con- little confused about not confused, I don't know but the the whole Damian Harris hamstring thing. Like, why did they announce that he was limited for a return with a hamstring? Like was he or wasn't he? Then he's out there for the post game press conference. He's said he's fine. Like there was nothing. Like was that weird? Like you find that a little weird? Like they didn't have to announce that he was out, did they? No, but no,
2: they didn't have to. But I, I don't know. My guess is somebody asked. Like CBS asked, and
1: once somebody asks, they have to give something. Yeah, but how about just say they're rotating, or I, I don't know. I like, I, I, I do, th- I.
2: My honest answer, I think he is still dealing with the hamstring
1: injury. Well, I think he kind of is, too. And I guess we can use this as a little bit of a segue. The most interesting story of the day, non-game, was Nikhil Harry being a healthy scratch. Christian Wilkerson gets the call up from the practice squad, has never caught a ball in his life, now has two Mark touchdowns. Wilkinson, Wilkerson, You didn't say it, but that was a, a frequent uh, mispronunciation of his name. Oh, okay. I was pretty sure I said it right. You I said worried. it right. I just, it oh. just, just reminded me that some people can't get it right. Um... And then the crap sheet tweet saying Nikhil Harry is inactive and Damian Harris is active. And I was, I had no, before that, I didn't think there was a question. Harris, Harris wouldn't be active. He was coming off a hundred yard game. Hmm. He practiced, practiced all week. Like, so my stink meter read that as some sort of like message or him carrying water for the Patriots. And, you know, Damian Harris plays through injuries. You don't, that's why you're not playing and, that's why we removed you from the injury report because you're not really hurt. You should be on the field. Again, I'm reading a lot into this whole story. I, I fully know
2: that's totally fair that you can totally read into him being removed from the injury report on Friday and then not playing on Sunday, making the headlines be healthy and active, Right. when they very easily could have just kept him as listed as question with the hip injury. Cause I'm sure they knew by Friday afternoon that he wasn't going to play. So, right just, just leave it as he's limited. He's questionable with hip injury. And then the headlines are Harry misses a game with hip injury. And it's kind of like, move on. But now all of a sudden it's a story with Harry and being healthy and active his future with the team. Why is a practice squad player active over you when you're healthy? Like the Patriots definitely fed into that narrative
1: and, and made it a narrative. And it led, I think into this almost, you know, as Paul Perillo calls them the touchdown twins, um, like almost giddily reporting on Wilkerson's touchdowns and scores and catches in juxtaposition to Harry, like almost mocking Nikhil Harry, which I'm fine with, but I'm always, I'm always super um, interested or entertained by these super fan types like Fitzy or even these super pro positive reporters who then seem to take so much glee and crapping all over guys. Once they're kind of, being removed from the the Patriots circle and Nikhil Harry clear he might have played his last game as a Patriot already I I mean I think that's a possibility um but people just want to dump all over him he sucked for three years like you've been telling me for three years he's better than this he's like now you're going to dance on his grave at least a lot of us have been consistent he stinks we've been saying it for three years he stinks I said it from the first drill I watched in his first practice that he sunk all these other, you know, touchdown twins were telling me he's great, and now they're gonna take great glee. wasn't it uh, two weeks ago, like, oh, the he, we need Mac needs to find him more and throw him the yeah. ball more. Yeah, now those same types of people are taking seemingly great glee in him being inactive and kicked to the curb, and I don't understand that because mine isn't personal. I don't take glee in it. Mine was, boy, his feet look really slow. Boy, he doesn't really catch the ball. Boy, he's always dinged up. Mine is just purely based on observational, you know, facts. This emotional glee at him failing really kind of annoys me, quite frankly. I, I don't really understand why you'd crap on a guy's career. I, I don't. So you, it's okay if you were one of the people that, like,
2: were down on him to start the season? Like, so it's okay for those people
1: to, to, to do it? To make no, I don't. Comparisons? It's the glee that bothers me. Why are you taking glee in the guy failing or getting in the doghouse to end his career or what? Like, why the glee? I don't think there's glee. I don't think there's need for it. What's he ever done to you? If he were a douche, and I don't think he's a douche. He's made bad decisions. He's weird on social media. He let his agent steer him down a he's road. Probably in some circles, he'd be better off in outside. Yeah, but he's never like he's never been a dis- disrespectful dink huh. to the media, or if anything, I think he actually handled the training camp post-trade requests pretty well. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm on a little rant here defending Nikhil Harry, but I don't. I don't understand why there's such glee in some circles for him failing and, and Christian Wilkerson having touchdowns and, you know, looking like a better player in one game than Harry ever did and all like. But uh, doesn't
2: that kind of, I don't know, just the way that that played out, like last week against the Bills, Harry played 60 something snaps and had two catches and mm-hmm. was part of a turnover, like a lot of negative plays where I know it was a different opponent, but Wilkerson plays one game and already sets has more catches than Harry had in any game, two touchdowns, like just the, it wasn't just like Wilgerson made two catches. Like he made the most of his opportunities. And that's something that Harry
1: didn't, who's a first round pick. And this would also be different too, if Harry wasn't a first round pick. Yeah, no, the facts are the facts. And I would say behind the scenes, if there were one thing that I would question about Harry, my guess is he doesn't, he's, he, he doesn't do things the Patriot way. He's not, whatever the work ethic is, whatever the attitude is, do I think his is just as good as uh, Christian Wilkerson or Jacoby Myers? No, I don't. And, you know, I found it really interesting, both Wilkerson, well, Jacoby Myers talking about Wilkerson, always here at 6am working hard and Wilkerson kind of echoing that, like, just work hard, be ready and do your job when they tell you to do your job. And then the Adrian Phillips comments talking about his contract extension why he wanted to be here and just like you know it's it, you think it's not fun but really it's just work hard win games and make the playoffs like I don't think Nikhil Harry has fit from day one just like I'm not sure Sony Michelle ever fit from day one mm-hmm. I think whatever that whole package is that some guys fit immediately some guy like Jacoby Myers I think fit Adrian Phillips fit and now some of it is they succeed. They catch the ball. They, they make ta- like mm-hmm. whatever role they're put in, they succeed. And that leads to more and they're happy. The team's happy with them. You know, it's a snowball of positivity. Whereas the flip side is guys like Harry don't succeed. It doesn't work. And then there's almost like a snowball of negativity early on injured. Brady doesn't like him, want to throw to him, miss connections, whatever. I don't know. I just, it annoys me when people you know, seem to be so happy that he's failing, and I don't really understand why.
2: Uh, the other side of the ball, defensively, a lot of uh, they didn't play many snaps to begin with because Jacksonville didn't do much offensively. But there are some low, low numbers. Matt Judon only ten snaps. Hightower I think was in the twelve to fourteen range. Jamie Collins eight snaps. Do you make anything into that? Like just they were just managing Judon's COVID situation, Hightower's injury, or is this something to
1: pay attention to uh, down the stretch? I think it's totally management. I think it's totally Judon. We, you know, wasn't on the field for the first three series or something. Yeah. Three Um, full series. So it was clear he, he, you know, he said he got his wind back. So that implies he didn't have his wind at some point. So maybe he really dealt with, you know, everybody was giving him the excuse for last week, actually in a number of recent weeks, him not getting to the quarterback, not playing as well. COVID seems like he's Saying, yeah, I did have some issues with him. Mm. So you didn't need him. It was already what 21 nothing when he got in the game, or, or yeah, well, he was or also weird too. He's in the game when it was like 33 to three. It's like, what are you doing? That was a little bit weird. Um, because I said to you, you're like, maybe you dress him and only use him if you need him. And it was clear you didn't need him, the game was over already. Um, but you also maybe want to get him some reps, knock the rust off, make it a process, like, uh, yeah, you know, like Stefan Gilmore different situation but when he got to carolina it was whatever 14 snaps on third like work him back maybe you're doing the same thing with with judon a little bit and then they're all old well not not judon but hightower and collins are old you know hightower's had the injured the ankle but may have been dealing with some other stuff i don't know um in recent weeks or just dealing with he's old and you know can't give you yeah he missed practice friday that shouldn't be ignored Right, and but also is old and can't give you every down snaps maybe anymore. He's more of a part-time player, so if there's only, only so many bullets in that gun left, don't use those bullets in a stupid game. Put other guys out there and and just let that play out. So I, It doesn't really surprise me, and it doesn't really bother me. I, I think it's smart moving forward. This is a
2: random thing, and that probably doesn't mean much to this podcast, but has Jamie Collins
1: underwhelmed you in his return? Um, yeah, it's certainly not what it was two years ago, like last time, you know, and I mean, he's had little flashes of good plays here or there, um, but he's getting a little older and, you know, they have the depth. Maybe he would be better if, or, or more of a factor. If say Kyle Van Noy were hurt. And yeah. That's what I was trying to like,
2: who would you take off the field for him? There is. Yeah.
1: So uh, no, I-, I think he's a complimentary player that in a- it, w- it wouldn't stun me if somebody gets hurt and a game comes where Jamie Collins has to play 48 snaps and looks pretty good and makes a big play here or there. Cause I think he's still capable of that. Um, but just the role he's in and what they have, they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily need that right now. Um, I will say the, the cornerback position, you know, we fixate on Harry, but the cornerback position is still really interesting, irrelevant against the Jags and their lack of weapon Very irrelevant, but you know Miles Bryant and you know on Williams inactive. You Sean know, Wade, Sean Wade just non-existent. DeAngelo Ross getting the call up from the practice squad. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. You know, I guess the Bills is the most likely playoff scenario now that the Patriots have clinched. And the Bills, if they're at full health, if they have Diggs, Beasley, Sanders, Davis. Same uh, thing, and the next closest team is the Bengals. They have some weapons on on oh, that. There some some weapons. I would, I would, I would magnify that a bit and say even worse if you have to play the Bengals if that ends well, that's up. That's the next match. closest matchup too. I think those right. those are the two most likely first round points. Oh yeah, I'd much ra- if I'm the Patriots, I'd much rather play the Bills oh. the third time around. Much rather because uh, Joe Burrow. We've talked about it. Special, like there's something there. He has he leads the comeback, and then you see the locker room dancing. I don't even know what it was, it was hideous, but cigars and dancing. And I guess, I guess Fourier would be appreciative of that. He, he likes how the Bengals yeah. are handling their yeah, uh, they're celebrating their playoffs like the best, right? You know, they're also celebrating their playoffs like it's a really big deal because it's Cincinnati and it's a really big deal, <laughs> right. right? Um, and they just beat the Chiefs. So, but that goes into yeah, they beat, they beat the Chiefs. That was a big win. It wasn't like the Patriots beating the Jaguars, right? Not only beat the Chiefs, but as you pointed to me in the first quarter, uh, Chiefs up fourteen nothing. Guess the bench because it feels like you're a Bengals hater, by the way. A little bit of a or, or non believer in the Bengals. Non believer centers around Zach Taylor. He was like crying in his post game press conference.
2: Okay, to each his own. Dick Vermeil cried and he won a Super Bowl. Okay, okay. Just I, I just I, young and inex- I just I don't know. I just go back to
1: him. He's not he's not an NFL head coach to me. Well, he is an NFL head coach. That's his job title. So. He's not a good one. Well, he's in the playoffs in Cincinnati. because He has Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. If he didn't have those guys, he'd be nothing. He'd be fired. Well, guess what? If Bill Belichick didn't have Mac Jones and Matt Judon, he'd be a non-playoff team too. Eh, we could debate that. He was. It's a fact. A year ago. If, if they had somebody else at quarterback, I still think they'd be in the playoffs. I think, I think you and the rest of the world are a little too hard on Zach Taylor probably fair but I just I don't think he's a good coach I don't it's I don't I haven't watched enough to to really know whether he's a good coach or not he just gives across like inexperienced like kind of like a a child like a he's like a JV coach trying to coach varsity well I don't know if that's fair that feels like a shot but inexperienced young coach that's what he is like, don't you get didn't you get better vibes with like Sean McDermott
2: his first couple years in the Bills than with Zach Taylor now? Um, yeah, like, and how that turned out and like Robert Salah, like he gives off better energy and
1: vibes than Zach Taylor does. And meanwhile, his team is a shit show and just screwed up a win. Yeah, they almost beat the Bucks. No, they should have. Did, did you would you read all the details of that play? The fourth down play? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That Sal is saying, you know, we screwed that up, it's not the quarterback's fault. Like communication. And by we, I mean my offensive coordinator. All he has to do is say, don't, don't run it. Hand the ball off no matter what here. And he didn't. Like, so Robert Sala can give off anything he wants, but he's giving away wins. Meanwhile, Zach Taylor's team may give off bad signals. And what are they doing? Coming back against the Chiefs to win. So, Who, who do you think has a better chance to go further in the playoffs, the Bengals or the Patriots? Bengals. Now, I don't I don't know why I said that. It was very immediate. I'm yeah. I'm very pro-Bengals lately. You know that. I'm on the yeah. bandwagon. You, um, love, you love yourself and Joe Burrow. I also, so I was listening to the real post-game show, Driving Home, and they were talking about how, <laughs> convenient here, by the way, that they're talking about the Patriots. They're talking about their boy, Belichick, and saying, really, the most important thing in the postseason is having the best coach who can week to week come up with a game plan. I don't know if I agree with that. I've told you this. I think talent wins in the postseason a lot. I think elite talent wins a lot. Now, if the two teams are even, yes, obviously I want to have the the better coach and the game plan mm-hmm. and all that. But I think the Bengals are really talented and could blow out the Patriots, regardless of Bill Bell. I do agree. Like talent just takes over
2: in the playoffs, like because the momentum shifts are so big. Like if you get up fourteen nothing, you know that's a huge huge deal in the playoffs where the sales on the other side
1: just go down our season's over right and mm-hmm. yeah. bill can game plan all he wants but if miles bryant is on the field miles bryant's on the field yeah, miles bryant it's a
2: 70 yard touchdown bill can't you know scheme up something to prevent right. that that's just a, a good player
1: beating a, a sub-power player meanwhile i don't think your guy zach taylor schemed up jamar chase's 70 yard touchdown i think jamar right. chase he has any of those yeah he caught the ball with five chiefs around him and said peace out guys I'm going to the end zone and so I don't I think talent is a is is a huge deal this, this is stating the obvious but I'm retorting our post game show I think talent is a huge deal in the postseason and I think lack of talent often gets exposed in the postseason
2: do you buy into so I dug up the records versus team the playoff teams their record against teams still in playoff contention um, Okay, where do you
1: think the Patriots fall in this so the patriots beat the chargers they beat the bills and that's it right uh yes so they have two wins against. no they they have have three um who's the third
2: chargers i I go back look
1: i guess i'll go back i thought oh titans yes yeah titans yeah okay so chargers real win Bills fake win, Titans fake win. Being mean, but no, it's true. Just look at the injuries, and yeah. Um,
2: so I don't think they're very good in that area. No, they're they're three and five against teams still in playoff contention, which is tied with the Bills, evidently, for the worst record against playoff contending teams in the AFC. The the Chiefs and Titans are at the top. Chiefs are
1: seven and four, Titans are seven and three. (laughs) Well, and the Titans are a weird team because they're the number one seed, which no one really I'm not even sure people right now, but like if people didn't read a story about who the number one seed is, I don't think people would think it's the Titans. I think oh. they'd say it's the Chiefs um, and they have losses to the Texans Jets. Yeah, like, that was my other takeaway yesterday. How the hell did the Titans lose to that team? And now the Titans, all they need to do is beat the Texans to be the number one seed. Yes, but they already lost to the Texans. So it's not a, I mean, it's a gimme. I Mm -hmm. think, but it's not, I guess, a gimme because you already lost to them once this year. Um, But yeah, all all of that is interesting. I am – I'm still where I was. Like, my point with that
2: is do you buy into the Patriots being 3-5 and against playoff contending teams? But all – the majority of those losses
1: came, like, September and October. Yeah, I do buy it. They they haven't beat a good team. So you say, like, that's a fact. I think that's who
2: they are. The the spin that I've seen after I tweeted this from the Patriots fans on Twitter – Oh, well, they're a different team now, so we really can't re-enter that.
1: They lost to the Colts and the Bills in consecutive weeks. The Colts and the Bills are playoff teams. That's kind of my argument, but people are going they're to go back Now to... my ass, they're the right. exact same, other than yesterday. Actually, yesterday they're the exact same team, because you can equate that to the Jets game earlier in the year. But for two weeks, they lost home and road to a playoff caliber team by having too many penalties, too many mistakes, too many self-inflicted wounds which was part of their early season failings. Hmm. You could argue they were the same team in December as they were in, in September, the difference being the little hot streak in October, November in there. But no, I think that's very indicative of who they are. That's why I I don't believe we learned anything yesterday. I don't think we'll really learn anything next week. It's going to be, what can they do when the playoffs arrive, when they go to likely Buffalo for a third time now you can get into that matchup later, obviously, because mm-hmm. we don't even know if it's the matchup yet, but um, you know, the pressure and whatever, um, how to, how oh, like, oh, the Patriots have so much real estate in the bills minds and the bills mafia and Sean McDermott. <laughs> like if that's a real thing, okay, maybe that's an issue. Maybe there is like an over, overemphasis anxiety from the Buffalo side, but I think Buffalo's better. And I think, You better, if you're the Patriots, I think you're praying for that to be a weather game. When that playoff game happens, you're praying for 35-mile-an-hour winds and snow so you can run the ball and try to play the game on your terms the way you did last time. Because I think if you get there and you hear whoever it is, Jim Nance, say, welcome to, uh, what's the name of that stadium? New Era Field or whatever? Yeah, they change it every every year. Yeah, they change, welcome to Buffalo, where it's an unseasonably warm and calm day. I'd say, give me the bills. Right, (laughs) Like. I think weather remains a key factor in that matchup for those teams, but um, yeah, I think the Patriots are a now. If you want to argue, they're two plays away from being five and three. Well, again, I just want to I just want to raise the point.
2: Everybody kind of mocked us at the time. We were saying that down the road you're going to regret losing to Miami in Week One. Uh, if you would have beat Miami Week One, you'd be playing for a division title this week.
1: A win in your AFC's champs hosting a playoff game and number one seed right because they can Um, still be the number one seed if all three teams lose the Patriots are the number one seed that that is correct so if you had that win you'd be 11 and 5 yes that is true because you would hold tiebreakers over Tennessee and Kansas City right so not only is it costing you a division title potentially it's costing you a week off a number one seed it's costing you everything everything
2: yeah, I, I, you can't play that game because, you know, you could say, well, then you could have beat the Saints above. above. Yeah, sure, sure, whatever. But at the time, we literally said, come this type of the season, you'll be looking back at that loss and saying, you should have won that game. It's going to hurt you. We were kind of mocked by some people, but it, facts are the facts. and Plenty of
1: other teams could probably do the same thing, but sure. we're, we're just pointing it out like that was a no. very, very costly loss. The really good teams don't do the same thing. You know how I know that? because the green get bay packers and Aaron Rodgers got embarrassed in week 1. And what have they done since? He's Stump. won the MVP award and they've clinched the number 1 seed in the conference. So like not really good teams like for years. The Patriots, Brady Patriots. Right, you're gonna you lose to Jacksonville starts. and Detroit or you lose this and you're two and two. Oh my god. And then you end up with the one seed and you're sitting at home with a bye cuz you kicked ass and took names. It's the teams that are on the cusp, the the regular middle of the pack teams like the Patriots, that you're kicking yourself for that kind of loss. Um, do we have anything else? I've, I've One thing I want to get into, but do we have anything else game-related? Are you worried about the uh, the PAT situation?
2: No. Okay. I think they had a lot of opportunities to kick PATs,
1: and so a couple of screwed up. Yeah, but how come they now have six or seven missed slash blocked slash aborted PATs? It's an issue around the league. They'll figure it out. Yeah, but why is it an issue for them when they're so good
2: at field goals? I agree. It doesn't seem to make much sense. But
1: I don't know. Are you concerned? Like No. Right. No. We're, we're not really, I mean, I, could you lose a game for something stupid like that? Absolutely. Because I so think. Look at any other team in the league. I'm not saying. I'm, when they kick an extra point, I'm not nervous that it's something's going to go wrong. They should just tell them it's a field goal, and then they'll be fine. Because yeah. field goals less than 50 yards, they're dead nuts. Correct. So just a- tell them a- field goal, not a PAT. It's a field goal. It's a short field goal right now. What um, you want to get to sugar, honey, iced tea. Was it a national? Oh, oh yeah. no. It's something we'll get to later in the week, but your um, on our second podcast, but your early gut as to, first of all, Patriots game 425 on Sunday was moved. Um, Hating. of course I hate it. Why wouldn't I hate it? It's terrible, <laughs> terrible. Um, Plus, you're right. I think I'm going to get jobbed and might have to do radio both Saturday and Sunday. They're feeling Andy is going to get bent over by management this week. Um, like, how do you think they play it? Like, they'll
2: play it to win because I think they have a chance to win the AFCs. Like, I, I, I think. So, what you think that they would try to mismanage it to set up a playoff
1: matchup? No, more just. Um, rest anything they need players similar
2: this week against jacksonville if the game's in hand and you don't need some judon hightower they'll sit maybe matt comes out a little bit earlier um i I don't think that they'll take like there's not a chance that like we see starters not playing
1: yeah i think for the most part they're going to be balls to the wall um because i think you're you're too close to sucking two weeks ago
2: and i also think too like the way that they came out with so much energy and excitement, momentum—that's something they want to keep building, and probably will be the message for this week in Miami.
1: Like that, Bill will probably say the playoffs start this week, hundred percent. And I think they're going to be balls to the wall. I think they're going to hear that oh, the Patriots struggle in Miami and this and that. One in five, their last six January December games in Miami. The that hey, they might even have my column. We learned nothing about the Patriots and blowing out the Jags on their little video screen, like. I think they are going to now Bill could change his mind with three minutes to play in the third quarter, but he will not give any indication between today and that period of time where he pulls Mac Jones or he pulls Dante Hightower Mm -hmm. that this is anything other than a must-win game. Um, Hey, it's a, first of all, history is irrelevant to me because like, if this were Brady and Gronk, I think it'd be different, but this isn't, this is Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne and Christian Wilkerson Normally, when they play back to back weeks, Bill does have some um, leeway with starters and plays it a little differently. But I think you're right. Division title is still within reach. They need momentum. This game, you know, throw this game out. You're not that far removed from back to back losses and and not playing well. You need momentum. And, you know, a little, I said this this morning on main radio, like they learned a lesson, I think, from the Giants in 07. Bill, like the Giants played the finale to win. And, gut rolling and rolled into the postseason and rolled right over you when they played you again i think bill will be looking to roll over the dolphins and roll right into the postseason
2: and then do you have a particular i think you already kind of hinted your preference you'd like them to be the the
1: five seed taking on the bills i want no part of the cincinnati Bengals. no part i think the Bengals could embarrass bill belichick and company even though you think zach taylor's a clown um jv coach against a goat coach i i think that talent could absolutely undress the new England Patriots. And I think you want to avoid that. Whereas Sean McDermott and Josh Allen, I think are still capable of falling on their faces and fall, you know, making stupid mistakes, little, not huge ones necessarily, but little mistakes here or there that over the course of four quarters could add up to giving you an advantage. Um, Plus you could go to, I guess Cincinnati could be a weather game too. Um, But Buffalo could certainly be a weather game. So they can run the ball. Joe Mixon's a capable running back. Yeah, no kidding. That's why I think Cincinnati could embarrass you. They can run it. They can throw it to anybody. They got a quarterback who I don't think is going to shat himself all over the field. I think they have a quarterback who would very much take glee in putting it to Bill Belichick and the Patriots and adding a pelt to his wall. So they would have the SEC rivalry with Mac Jones too, LSU. Alabama. Yep. And this is a real quarterback with a real team, not Trevor Lawrence. So um, (laughs) matchups with number one quarterbacks that maybe Mac is is looking at. Um, I'd avoid that one. Stick with Josh Allen. You know you can – well, you can't beat him. You have beat him as a team, and maybe you can yeah. beat him this time.
0: All right.
1: Uh,
2: we'll be back probably Thursday, Stick to our regulars Thursday, schedule with our preview podcast of the Dolphins, probably some playoff chatter mixed in there as well. Um, that's pretty much it from a, a, a good get-right game for the Patriots, but like we kind of started out with, not really much to um, take away and really feel great.
1: 100%. You, don't feel, you don't feel any different than you did going into the game? Nope. They did absolutely everything they could do, but there was nothing they could do because the opponent was the opponent. The Jags were the Jags. So the situation dictated, yeah, you were going to blow them out. It was predictable because the Jags don't score. They give up a lot of points. They're one of the worst turnover teams in the NFL. You took full advantage of all of that. You gave your fans a nice fun day at Gillette Stadium, unseasonably warm. It was, you know, foggy, but warm. You gave everybody fun. You entertained everybody. You got to laugh it up on the sideline. You padded your stats. All of that, and it really didn't mean anything. All right. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you
2: later in the week. Hope you have a good uh, return to work and, and all that good stuff. And enjoyed the holidays, but
1: back to work, and hopefully you Patriots make a long run in the playoffs. Who has a good return to work? What a downer to end the, pre- the podcast with. <laughs> Boo. Peace out.